care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports, so we don't care who knows. Football, 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 tennis, hockey. Absolutely the most legitimate sports talk program on 1027 ESPN. It's the Almost Sports Show with Jason Dick and C.J. Morgan. Join the conversation at 512-834-1027. Now here are Jason and C.J. Hour number two of the Almost Sports uh, Longhorn program as we preview Texas TCU tomorrow. Uh, C.J., you know this is usually when I start to mail it in, but not today, buddy. Not we today, can't. Uh, yeah, we're going to pretend you have your Coke Zero? Real sports. Yeah, okay. it's 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 Cherry Coke Zero. Oh, even better. Attention to detail. All okay. right, that's the way we work. <laughs> I'm not Nick, man, okay? <laughs> uh, making his almost sports debut, you can read him at Inside Texas. It's Longhorn reporter Joe Cook on the phone. Joe, how are you, man? Doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely, dude. So I saw uh, your reporting earlier uh, on the Texas One Fund. This is from the name, image, likeness world. It was the combining of five collectives that were set up to create some funds for these uh, for these players. But I, I'm trying to explain it when I don't know what I'm talking about. Explain to, to us what happened here. Yeah, so um, Texas, uh, the Texas athletics ecosystem had a handful of uh, collectives is, is the term that are being used. That was basically the apparatus for fans and donors to uh, help uh, you know, financial support financially through name, image, and likeness. Uh, Texas athletes. Uh, there were five. Um, a couple were you know sport focused. There was one focused on basketball, one focused on baseball, golf, and, and then the, the offensive line. Um, that what what happened yesterday was that they all organized into into one. Uh, they decided that you know instead of having these splintered isn't the right word because they were all pulling the same direction, but they were operating under you know different people were doing different things. They put them all under one roof, um, which of course is is great for organization. It'll help the entire athletic department, uh, you know, list of student athletes. But I think the most important thing that occurred from that uh, and was included in that press release was the fact that Chris Del Conte himself was able to put a stamp of approval on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's a huge deal uh, to see that, you know, the university itself, there, there's weird legal language with how much the university is able to, you know, embrace this. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know exactly if they can, you know, siphon funds into the collective uh, according to NCAA rules and even the Texas state law. Uh, but what it does show is that, you know, the, the athletic department's definitely aware of it and they are telling the burn orange public, hey, you know, this is it. This is where we're going and uh, this is what you should, you know, if you want to offer your support, this is the place to do it. Joe, I was, I, I feel I've been erroneously labeled as against paying the players. Uh, I, I just, when this whole name image likeness thing came about, my question was, how are you going to manage it? How how are we going to oversee this? And, and the it inc- seems very difficult. <laughs> the NCAA has, do so for far. the most part, just stuck their head in the sand on this thing. Uh, in, in your opinion, is I mean, are we in the wild, wild west days still? Two years into this thing, or have we figured it out? Is this the way that things are going to operate going forward? I mean, this is this is life until uh, you know, uh, probably until Congress does something and. Uh, consider, not to you know interject politics too much, but with how split is the balance of power seems between the parties, I don't know what you're going to get from Congress um, on this front. So yeah, it is kind of a wild west um, uh, because you have you know not even 50 different ways of approaching it because not all 50 states I think have a name, image, and likeness law, but it varies on a state by state basis. So 
you know, in Texas, I think there's a limit on high school athletes being able to uh, uh, profit off their name, image, and likeness. That's not the case in, you know, other places. I think California and Louisiana are included in that. So uh, it's, it's definitely a wild west in that, you know, there's different laws in different parts of the country. Uh, but as far as Texas goes, you know, they, they have things organized pretty well. Um, you know, there's, there's always been, uh, as for as long as college sports have been around, there's always been some sort of, you know, under the table stuff basically all over the place. And, uh, you know, this is a, a way for Texas to flex its muscle and do it over the table, which is their very, very strong preference in, in this area. And uh, you're going to see, you know, uh, the ability for uh, well-organized, um, you know, people who, who want this to succeed, they're going to put their time and effort and probably some of their treasure into uh, making this work in the current environment. Now, with uh, with the NIL and the transfer portal, do you think that this is going to level the playing field with the Alabamas of the world across the board, or do you think this is just going to probably help the ten kind of ten or so elite universities such as Texas and just create uh, uh, even a, a more tiered system of the uh, of the has and has nots? Yeah. You know, it, it's a, that's an interesting question because at, at a certain point you have to look into uh, your fan base and your your, your demographics and, and even your alumni base. Um, and just, you know, you can think for a minute that, yeah, Bama's got a lot of supporters or a really popular team, but they're still, you know, the, the, the state school of the University of Alabama. Uh, there, there's something to be said for that. Uh, think of Clemson. You know, Clemson's an agricultural school in South Carolina. Like they're popular, but just think about you know who's offering the support there, and that's not a slight to them, but I, I think it's just kind of a a fact you have to look at. I don't know if that's going to help uh, Alabama. Uh, obviously, the the portal aspect of it um, is important because um, you know it, it it goes both ways. I mean, even Georgia had a wide receiver transfer, a, a, a wide receiver who played transfer from Georgia to Alabama. Uh, but also you've seen Texas reap the benefits of, of the portal and guys like, you know, Keelan Robinson are at Texas now after leaving Alabama. So I don't, I don't know exactly if, uh, um, it, it helps, you know, the, the, the schools that are already in the positions of power. Um, I think it helps the schools that have, you know, smart and strong national profiles. I think Texas is one. Obviously, I think a- Texas A&M is one as well. Um, at least as far because what they may lack in national profile, they have in, in fervency among their fan base. Uh, Michigan, Ohio State, Notre Dame, I mean, even USC has, has really uh, taken advantage of, of this. And um, I think you'll, you'll see it in, in the SEC across the board for, for a lot of the different schools. But um, just because they're SEC and just because they're, they're Alabama doesn't mean that they have you know, these vast, you know, access to everything they need to get these players. It'll help them. It'll hurt them at times, too. So it's a little bit of a balance. Now, uh, this is kind of an open-ended question, but from a bird's eye view, the last 10 years in Texas football, in your opinion, why is it that Texas has not excelled to the level a university and program like that should when compared to maybe Baylor, who used to be the easy win for everyone in the Big 12 or even programs like USC or Penn State who had recruitments cut, who had heavy sanctions and just other universities across the board in the last 10 years 
have rebuilt from that mm. or just been better than have Texas. Have things not been good the last 10 I, years? I don't, I not, haven't not, been, oh. not quite to the standard they were from, you know, Colt McCoy all the way to Chris Simpson before. Uh, yeah, so I, I guess in, in your opinion, why is Texas not yearly in the conversation of, of being a, a 10-win championship team or anything like that when, again, other universities uh, have, have seemed to bounce back better or, like Baylor, turned into powerhouses themselves? It's all about stability. I mean, think back to, to 2012 when uh, you had you know some regents going one way, some regents going the other. Uh, the university president in, in battles with the direction of the University of Texas with the governor at the time and, you know, people f- picking factions between Mac Brown and otherwise. Uh, it, that wasn't stable. Uh, you add in the fact that uh, a lot of players that Mac brought in uh, didn't really like the tr- strong system. And that wasn't even a stable situation there. That only lasted three years. It didn't, it wasn't a strong in- foundation that he built. And so then you bring in another. Uh, head coach and the same process happens again and he lasts for four years and it becomes unstable due to you know so many different things that were going on during his final year in in 2020 so um, it's all about stability and I think there's stability here Uh, one of the big things about Steve Sarkeesian's hire was that from the top down from chance from uh, board of regents chairman Kevin Eltife to president Jay Hartzell to athletic director Chris Del Conte there was uh, you know Sweet, why everybody was on the same page there with with what they want to do and accomplish with Steve Sarkeesian, especially heading into the SEC. And you contrast that with, <clears throat> excuse me, you contrast that with with Baylor, who has you know ever, I mean, ever since the Dave Bliss days when that was a horrible scandal to to have to overcome, they've had decent stability. They've had. You know, and, and that even applies to the Bryles situation, honestly, because, you know, not only did you have full range of support for Bryles, then once it became untenable for him to have uh, to remain in power um, and also for the, the new head coach to, to start, they offered, you know, stability. They offered, hey, you've got this athletic director who's not going anywhere that is well respected. You've got this, you know, university president after they replaced Ken Starr, who's respected and not going anywhere. Um, you've got these new facilities. You've got growing facilities. We'll get you what you need, and and that's what's helped them a ton. It's been it's been stable there, um, and and so when there are situations when they have these tremendous moments of upheaval, they have the leadership in place uh, that's willing to you know take on the problems or at least attempt to in, in some respects um, and make things happen. And they also know what they're hiring for. Um, they they know what what they have in their program, what they have access to, what they can provide, and they tend to to find the the type of coach who is able to accentuate those strengths that they have. Maybe that you know the strengths that they have and the comparative weaknesses that that they'll have to cover up. So it's all about who you hire, and it's all about hiring in the right situation. And I think this at this point, you know, Texas is in a far more stable environment than they've ever been, but. Uh, of course, it all comes down to winning yeah. football games, yeah. and uh, big one, uh, big one coming up this Saturday. If you guys haven't heard, yeah, uh, Joe Cook of Inside Texas, our guest, and maybe we buried the lead that yeah, in thirty hours or so, Texas TCU. Stop me if you've heard this one before, Joe. We're playing a team uh, with a better record that is much higher ranked. Uh, this one in particular is great at come from behind wins, uh, and Texas has struggled in the second half. Yet the Longhorns, a seven and a half point favorite. Uh, do you like Texas's chances tomorrow? 
I do. Um, I, I originally thought that Texas was going to end up dropping the Kansas State game, then uh, then win out. Um, and, you know, that shows how much I, I seem to know. Uh, but I still think them uh, – I, I still see them topping TCU. Uh, they're going to have the environment on their side. It's going to be – you know, they're going to be charged up for the game in a good way. Um, and I, I really think that this will be the best team that TCU has faced all year. They, they tend to, uh, you know, they tend to find these situations where they get themselves in holes and have to dig them out. Texas, you know, finds themselves put, putting themselves into holes in the second half. It's kind of interesting. But I, I think uh, Texas' strengths match up pretty well uh, with what TCU tries to do. It'll be tough. This is the best team they face. It's an experienced team. Uh, despite Gary Patterson, you know, being, I guess, forced out or retiring or whatever you want to call it, uh, the roster he left remained pretty much intact when Sonny Dykes came over, and it's a really, really experienced one. So it'll be a tough challenge, but I, I do see Texas winning and, and Saturday night being a celebratory one for Longhorn fans. The best in the business, if you ask me. You can read Joe Cook at Inside Texas uh, at JosephCook89 on Twitter. Uh, Joe, you want to do some beer bongs, get front row for Third Eye Blind tomorrow, or you got to work? Uh, I'll say yes to one of those things, and I'll let you figure out which one. (laughs) Uh, Awesome, man. Thank you for the time today, and hopefully we get you back on soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, Joe Cook from Inside Texas. Uh, If you want to react to any of that, he's good, man. He's very good. Uh, 512-834-1027. CJ, I think, what other show brings you uh, in-depth insider knowledge like that? Followed by a fake preacher praying for the Longhorns. Just us. I think Father Dos, uh, Father Dusk, is going to offer a prayer for the Longhorns on the other side of this break. Hold on. The Almost Sports Show with Jason and CJ on 1027 ESPN. 512-834-1027 is the uh, phone number. The results of yesterday's Almost Sports draft of adult cartoons. Uh, CJ's uh, team, South Park, Rick and Morty, strong top two. And then Aqua Teen Hunger Force, (laughs) and I still don't. C-Lab 2021, uh, 28% of the vote. Uh, Brandon had Beavis and Butthead, King of the Hill, Bob's Burgers, Metalocalypse, 35%. But by the hair of my chinny-chin-chin, my team, the Simpsons, Family Guy, BoJack Horseman, Big Mouth, 37%. That was a close one. win again. That was a close one, man. That was close. Uh, Okay. I've been informed. Oh, no. Here we go. We're going to have church in here today uh, from the Church of... I forget how to do the intro. This is a bit based on a bit from a million years ago. From the Church of Latter-day Religious People, it is Father Dusk here to offer a prayer. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, Hello, Father. My two favorite fallen angels doing today. Uh, So live. So good, man. So good. The herpes is gone, so thank you for... I've been, I've been praying for that arm, Herpes CJ. I knew you'd be on your knees in my rectory to get rid of that arm, Herpes. Sure enough, you were. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, gentlemen, I want to apologize that Father Dusk has not made his weekly appearance on the Almost Sports Show in a couple weeks, but Father Dusk had some medical problems going on. Oh. Father Dusk had, had to have a suspicious boil lanced off his perineum about two weeks ago. Oh, no. That's... <laughs> Doctor said it looked like Father Dusk had one of those cone heads from SNL and a half Nelson down there. <laughs> I had a funny thing on my teeth, I'm telling y'all. I'd say anyway. I've understood, but she's been okay. Anyways, I want to tell y'all happy Friday. I pray for another Longhorn victory this week. 
We're about four Jaegers deep right now, so we're going to make this quick one. So I want y'all to value MF and PMS and TF and TFSA and BYOB and Hayes and say with me this We ask y'all to pray for our long herds this weekend as they take on the horny toads of Texas Christian Slayer University. We ask for a victoire. We ask for lots of running yards for uh, Dijon with the Bijon and the Hijon and the Shijon and the Hishijon and the mustards and the things and the whatnots and the medicine hills and the things. The Lord, amazing Lord, we ask to stay relevant in the college football conversation. We ask not to go the way of the savings, not to go that way, Lord. Saving is out of the conversation, and we want to make sure that we, the beloved Longhorns, are in the conversation. And Lord, please, please, I ask you again, help Miss Emily Edge find her way through her morals and her <laughs> dignity and send some naked pictures to Father Dusk. That is the one through which she will find salvation in our law. And I ask that you please. Help CJ's beard grow back because Lord knows he looks scary enough as it is with that arm herpes. Without that beard, he looks like a cancer patient gone awry. I have said too much. But I want you to pray for our long horns this weekend. Find the way to victory against the Texas Christian Slayers. And keep us relevant, Lord. In the Lord's name we pray. Hook him. That's Father du- uh, Dusk, Father Dusk, which I can't. It's hard for me to keep up with Canon. Is he the, the son of Father Don? What Illegitimate happened? son. Illegitimate son of Father. Correct. Okay, right, right, right. I think he's like Pentecostal <laughs> or something. <laughs> right. A uh, bit of a connection issue. I feel like uh, Father Dusk might have been coming at us from the bar of a watering hole. Also, he said from... he was a few Jaegers in, and yeah. then I just remembered, oh, he's in a completely different time zone than us. He's in... Uh, He's East Coast. That's probably, yeah, he's hiding out over there. And Usually noon's the, like, okay, it's noon, but yeah, he's, he's it's already... Totally, it's totally yeg time over there. 11 a.m. Yeah, Florida, that's sure. fine. Yeah, connection was a little weird, so I feel like I missed some things in there. Did he call them the Texas Christian Slaters? Yeah, Is that so. Okay. Totally, totally fair and normal. Let's do it, man. Hook them. Hook them, <laughs> please. Uh, all right, you guys want to do some football picks? Thank you, Father Dusk, uh, Dusk for your for your prayer. Uh, Jason and uh, CJ's uh, for entertainment only purposes. Uh, football picks coming up on the other side of this break. Hold on. The Almost Sports Show with Jason and CJ on one zero two seven ESPN. Five one two eight three four one zero two seven, or you can tweet at us at Almost ESPN Radio Football Picks in just a moment. I did want to note that uh, Longhorn basketball two and zero. They beat Houston Christian last night. Take that. The Houston Christian Slaters were defeated eighty two to thirty one. That's a bit of a. This game should not be played. Get out of here. Uh, I I'm excited to see a basketball game in the Moody Center. CJ, I have not been to the first two. Uh, I believe the next home game is versus Gonzaga. The tickets are going to be out of that'll control. That'll be a good one. Yeah, that'll be a very good one. Uh, if you uh, were went last night to the Moody Center, hope you didn't show up late as Texas was up 16 to nothing after five minutes and would go on to defeat Houston Christian 82 to 31. Should have prayed harder. Probably should not play that game. I don't, I don't, I don't. 
You'd have to do a lot of praying, lots and lots of praying to to make that one competitive. Uh, Okay, every Friday at 1230-ish. Look at that. We kind of did it today. What's going on? Uh, We make uh, football picks. These are your four entertainment purposes only. Football picks, CJ and I each pick three games against the spread. Um, I'm not, obviously not a brag, a far more experienced gambler than CJ. Correct. But you're kicking my ass. Uh, I wouldn't say that. This, We've been tied most of the season. I, it's just last week. I Do you I, have I the, the, the updated season standings? Uh, you are 16-12-2. I'm 18-11-1. 16-12-2 is good. All right? I, I would love good. to be yeah, over 500. That's we're making some money. If but we're, you soccer, are what? If we're soccer teams, we're making the playoffs. Okay. 18, what are you? 18-11-1. Oh, God, this mother. All right. Uh, good job. Uh, we uh, pick three games, college or pro, against the spread. I have a whole bunch of options over here, as I always do. I know. Yeah, I had to cut mine know down. Exactly what I'm going to do. Hmm. You know what? That's a good point. Go back to the basics, CJ. That's what I'm going to do. My first game, Ohio State is hosting Indiana. Ohio State is very good at football, I believe. Uh, I believe they still might be the best team in, in the country, though. They're number two in all of the polls. Indiana is, well, they're Indiana. Yeah. Uh, the spread is 40 points, CJ. Oh. You're giving me My. a 40-point head start with the Hoosiers? <laughs> Look, Ohio State are very good, and but also some classy gentlemen, all right? 40 is a lot. I'm not going to run it up on them like no. that. Are they going to beat them by, by five touchdowns? Yeah, probably, maybe, but not six. Not six. Give me Indiana plus 40. That's my first pick, CJ. Damn. I thought the same thing in a reverse fashion. Alabama, very good. I think they're going to beat Ole Miss, but Ole Miss is at home and has 12. Yeah. Uh, A little risky, but I'm going to take Ole Miss in 12. I like that. I like that. Last week, I was laying 13 and a half with Alabama, and as you know, they lost to LSU. Uh, And, yeah, we're never up by 13 and a half. I I mean, we did a whole thing earlier on. I I think it's silly to say that Alabama or Nick Saban is, is washed at this point. But, yeah, on the road, uh, Ole Miss, you're getting free points. You're getting double-digit points versus versus Alabama. Take that's, it. That's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. All right. Um, okay, I'm going to go. I will go to the NFL now. Indianapolis is at the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders are a, a four-and-a-half-point favorite here. Uh, the Raiders have been absolutely miserable the last couple of weeks. They yeah, uh, got shut out by who I, shut them out? The Saints shut them yeah. out two weeks ago. Uh, then the the Jags, who I still am trying to be high on, uh, came from behind. I think La, La Vegas was up seventeen points in that game. Uh, Jags came back and won that one. Uh, but Indy, they they uh, Jeff Saturday is their their head coach. He's literally never coached. A football game in his life? He didn't take my advice. What was that? Change his name to Jeff Sunday. Oh, right. Show no. how serious he's committed to the NFL and coaching. I think of, uh, of as of right now, uh, he's still just Jeff Saturday. Uh, the uh, the locker room said to be uh, buying in to the Jeff Saturday positivity message there. I don't know about that. I feel like there's a bunch of guys who are like, who is this guy? I think he is. He's going to come in here, coach. Also, and I hate to do this, Sam Ellinger still the quarterback? Sure. He's the He's the... Uh, Sam Ellinger on the road with a coach in his first game ever. I'm laying only four and a half. I'm going to take the Raiders minus four and a half, CJ. Uh, Clemson, bad loss last week. Knocked him out of uh, title aspirations, probably. God, Uh, that was one of my picks as well. What are you doing, Jason? Was that one of my picks? 
I don't remember. I no, think. it wasn't. Oh, okay, it wasn't. good. I, it was yeah. on my list of, of maybes, I think. But, yeah. They're they're playing Louisville. Uh, Louisville's a seven-point underdog. Uh, I'm going to think Clemson's going to rebound, so I'll mm-hmm. take Clemson minus seven. This is a that is a sharp pick. How do how do I keep letting you find these? Sharp I don't I don't know picks? if they're sharp or not. Mm, okay, uh, which one of my teams do I want to pick against? Uh, okay, let's let's do that one. Uh, I'm sure at the time this game was scheduled, the NFL thought, oh, that's the marquee matchup of the week: Cowboys at Green Bay. Uh, the Packers who. Won 13 games every year since, like, I don't know, Bart Starr was the quarterback. <laughs> and they have the two-time reigning MVP, Aaron Rodgers, uh, versus the Dallas Cowboys. Always a wild card. Never know what you're going to get. Cowboys coming off of bye. Zeke is healthy. Uh, that's why the, the Cowboys are a four-and-a-half-point favorite. No team should be getting for the, should, the, the, the the Packers are at home with that home field advantage getting four and a half points last year's MVP oh, I I hate it but give me give me the Packers to cover Dallas wins 23 to 20 uh, but I am going to take Green Bay plus four and a half is my my final selection CJ? Green Bay four and, okay Green Bay plus four and a half am I the worst no, you just mm-hmm. you've been there. I haven't. I couldn't make this pick because I've never been in Lambeau Field. You know, I I went. Uh, I probably you could say not really ever experienced the real Lambeau because I you went were drunk and fell asleep. Well, I'll do that all the time. But uh, I went one time. I saw Wisconsin LSU play there. It was one of those first week of the season college. Uh, let's meet Special, a, yeah. a neutral ish site and uh, and yeah. And so I saw. LSU, I think it was like nine to six. LSU beat Wisconsin, real Big Ten style Barn football burner. that day. Uh, yeah, that was before LSU figured out. Oh, we could just uh, pass the ball every now and Joe Burrow national championship. That's a good idea. Um, but that was in September. It's beautiful in Wisconsin in September. I recommend it. I uh, went another time and the Cowboys beat the Packers in October. It's a little chilly, but it's fine. The <laughs> I went on a game. I believe the date was December the sixteenth, and I looked up the weather from the previous December the 16th, and it was negative 12 degrees. Ah. And I was like, I don't own clothes for this sort of endeavor. I don't even know what you put on. You get a camping sleeping bag that's certified for a certain temperature and then just cut holes in it and wear it. The locals up there, I had a bunch of friends who would give me, they got those little, like, hand-warming pack type things. Yeah, those don't work. Well, they, they told me, they're like, break this thing up, put it in your sock. Put it in your in your in your long johns. I was like, I don't have long johns, but they want me to put these war- hand warmers down my pants. Uh, we lucked out, and it was the warmest Lambo game on record. There, it was it was not a great day. It was very rainy, and I think like fifty two degrees, something like that, but not negative twelve. So yeah, that could have easily been sleep. I don't know that I got the the full Lambo experience, but I I I I don't want to pick the Packers, but I am picking the Packers plus four and a half. I'm going to stay with college football for this and once again channel our friend Brandon from the bullpen. Uh, Oregon, a team I very much like. I hope uh, we can see them coast into uh, the college football playoffs. Taking on Washington, I think Washington's at home. They are a 13-point underdog. I think Oregon wins, but I'm going to take Washington in 13. Mm -hmm. Washington plus 13? Yes. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Uh, this is two weeks in a row. You went all college picks on me. What's going on here? Who is who? Who are you cheating on? With? I d- I don't see any of the NFL ones well, that no, I right. really feel comfortable with. I think with. the NFL is one of the harder games to those lines. Yeah, and and it, also the NFL's just been such 
weirdness this year that I I just I'm I'm enjoying honestly just reading in and researching the the college picks more. Okay. And by researching, I mean clicking on them and being like, oh, I like them. Washington, that's Brandon's team. Okay. <laughs> Take that analysis to the bank, to your guy, back up the you, truck. And your we're... pretend bank, because this is all for fun. Right, for, for entertainment purposes only. Uh, here, just because we have time. The other ones that I scribbled down. Uh, am I crazy? I like Denver plus three at Tennessee. Hmm. The Broncos have been a disaster. Russell Wilson's been a disaster, but they had the whole bye week to fix things up, clean things up. Uh, they're getting three points. And Tennessee... I guess Ryan Tannehill is coming back there, but I do not. I do not believe in the Titans. Okay, free field goal, Denver plus. You know, okay. Uh, C- Seattle, Tampa Bay. This game. Who? So the Seahawks have been the surprise. Hey, guess what? We're good team. Are they six and three? Uh, Tampa Bay has been the somewhat surprise. We're not good team. Four and five still. But now t- Tom Brady's mad. Is he mad? I guess. <laughs> uh... Who do you think should be the favorite here? Probably Tampa Bay. Yeah. Um, but I yeah. picked uh, Seattle to win this in another pick yeah. thing because, again, our guy Brandon yesterday oh, from right. Seattle uh, said that they're playing in Germany in yeah. Munich. He said that uh, randomly the people of Munich are big Seattle fans and there's uh, paintings of know. Geno Smith on the building. Right. So uh, I feel like uh, Seattle's mm. going to have a bit of a home field Not advantage sure Brandon's there. an objective source on that. But yeah, you're right. Tampa Bay is technically the home team, uh, but the game is in Munich. Why? I don't know. Uh, 8.30, our time kick. Are you, uh, you going to be up at 8.30 sa- uh, Sunday and watch, uh, watch some... Some German football. Yeah, why not, man? Yeah. If I stay up late uh, enough. Seattle is a two-and-a-half-point underdog. I would like Seattle plus two-and-a-half there. Uh, if not for are they going to be the home team. You know, Tom Brady, he doesn't like to play night games, okay? He's an old man, and he, he does poorly in Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night football. I have no idea. Yeah, what, once Matlock's over, he's, <laughs> he's done. He's tired. I have no idea. Uh, what did it, you know? Going to Munich does to his body clock and playing at eight thirty in the morning. But I, yeah, I would say I, I don't like that for him. So I like Seattle there. Uh, we did not, not. Neither of us wanted to touch Texas minus six, uh, seven and a half. No, not at TCU. all. TCU thirty four thirty one. Texas is going to win. But yeah, seven and a half is too many points for me. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and we got to check in weekly with uh, Bob Horn aficionado, CJ Morgan, Texas State. At South Alabama, your Bobcats getting 16 and a half. <laughs> well, they blew a 16 and a half or a 16 something point lead last week to Did the they worst really? team in the conference. So, uh, is South Alabama good? 16 and a half points seems like a lot. I think they're seven and two. Oh, so okay. I'll take South Alabama. <laughs> Sorry, Bob Horn, mm. fellow ones. Mm. Okay. Uh, those are our football p- uh, picks for this week. What did you say, CJ, that Tom Brady, he's mad now? Uh, did you see uh, Tom Brady's ex-wife, Giselle Bunchen has bought an $11 million Miami mansion, basically in Tom's backyard. So he can see all the young pool boys. Not cool, Giselle. We'll Boiling discuss that. Uh, and wrap things up on the other side of this break. It's Jason, CJ, back after this. Hold on. Now back to Almost Sports with Jason and CJ on 1027 ESPN. Final segment here if you want to get in under the wire, 512-834-1027, or you can tweet at us at Almost ESPN Radio. Um, I hate to go out on a downer, so let me do this first. (laughs) 
Let me do this first, and then we'll do the fun Giselle Tom Brady real estate fight. Uh, Adam Silver, commissioner of the NBA, says he has no doubt that Brooklyn Nets star Kyrie Irving is not anti-Semitic. And there's like a triple negative here. Yeah, that's a. When I he read has, that headline, I was like, "Wait, what? What, what does n- that mean?" He has no doubt that he's not anti-Semitic. So that's that's good, right, for Kyrie? He is kind of, so Adam Silver. No doubt. Uh, I think I think that's good. They. I'm look. I'm Adam Silver. I'm sure you probably know uh, Kyrie better than me. They had a direct, candid conversation uh, at the league's headquarters earlier this week in New York. Uh, Kyrie is currently suspended from the Brooklyn Nets for what they called at least five games until he gets his act together, figures things out. Uh, likely his partnership with Nike is over. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, that everybody made a big deal about that, about how he's going to lose all this Nike money. It's pretty clear to me Kyrie is fine with losing money. I'm sure he's not, you know, he's not uh, financially strapped right now. He last year... Gave back half of his money so that he wouldn't have to get vaccinated. Didn't play those games. Um, I'm sure his Nike deal is probably pretty lucrative, but uh, I I don't know that that's going to teach him a lesson. Hey, he's got to stick up for his morals and values, and that happens to be (laughs) believing in flat earth, vaccines are bad, and and some uh, sharing some... Uh, potential anti-Semitic uh, rhetoric from a weird book. The Nets have been bad this season. Uh, they were one of the worst defensive teams in the league when Kyrie was on the court. Since he's been suspended, they've been better, winning. Now, they also fired Steve Nash and have made Jacques Vaughn the uh, the permanent new coach. Um, if you're the Nets, do you want Kyrie Irving back? If things are vibing, I don't know. Like, was he... A I mean, problem in the locker. What does Kevin Durant say about it? I guess that's what see, matters. I think that's the problem is that Kevin Durant. I think they would have long ago gotten rid of him, except for you know they Durant went there. Durant wants a buddy. They went there together, and I guess they're supposed to be bros. And at no point last year, I was calling on our guy Kevin Durant to say, "Hey, Kyrie, go get your ass vaccinated so that we can win basketball games uh, at home." He wasn't able to play home games because of the uh, the uh, vaccine mandate in New York. Um, I think he probably is still the one saving Kyrie's ass here. The sample size is too small to determine are they're a better team without him. But I'll just say this. If you think that this suspension and the fact that he apologized means that he's learned his lesson or that, that he's not going to, there's not going to be something else that happens, be it this season or it's, it's it, it, he, is, he is proven. There's always something with him. To be a volatile, unreliable teammate. And so, yeah. Hopefully it's not down the anti-Semitism road next time, but there's going to be something, all right? There's going to be something for some reason that he's going to be a problem. And is he good enough that you're willing to say that stuff doesn't matter? You got to close his YouTube account. You got to you got to <laughs> get him out of those things cuz like when uh when what's what's her name? Lauren Bobert when she was elected mm. Uh, How things you, going, Miss Bobert? You, I think she uh, yeah. might have lost. It's so yeah. close. I didn't see. Anyhow, uh, she had a lot of stuff on her YouTube where you could see what she viewed, and it was a lot of like QAnon and like even <laughs> even far right conspiracies that far right wingers were like. Ugh. So they they uh, they had her delete her account. They scrubbed <laughs> her social media. Um, Probably good. Maybe Probably yeah good. yeah. Do with Kyrie, not necessarily yeah. because of what he's looking at, but just because he needs yeah. to. Stop looking at it. 
Uh, okay. His thing, whatever. And now to something much more fun. Tom Brady's ex-wife, Giselle Bunchen, has purchased an $11.5 million Miami ma- mansion directly opposite Tom Brady's. Now, this is this is weird lifestyles of the rich and Literally famous. Literally directly stuff. opposite. Is that what you're saying? Well, well it's it, it, so from Tom's here, I'll show you that for those of you, oh, not, thank you, thank not you. watching the television simulcast. Uh, this is apparently rich people land over here in Miami. I'm showing uh, CJ an above head photo. Yeah, is that Coral Gables? Uh, over here, it's uh, Tom's place. Uh, this is Indian Creek Island over here. And this is Tom's under construction, super duper $15 million mansion over uh, okay. here. Okay. Uh, across the waterway, which it's literally a creek. Yeah, it's dude, across that is, a creek. That's pretty close. Across the water, it it is kind of across into the side. But this is Giselle's new eleven and a half million dollar mansion. Now, so they can just boat the kids back and forth. See, just a, a that, little ferry. That's, that's what. Bad. Maybe it's my lack of parental instincts that uh, actually maybe this is just responsible co-parenting. That she's like, yeah, they'll. Whether they're at my house or Tom's house, they're in the same neighborhood, school district, uh, all their friends are there. You could swim over to daddy's house if you want. Uh, um, But for me, I was just like, dick move, Giselle. All right, you divorce the guy. He's building a swanky-ass $15 million. I'm going to... you got to be right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a bachelor pad, and now you're just across the... Wit- like, he, he, yeah. he can't take a lady out on the back pen. Well, th- yeah, he just has to stay out front. And the thing is with Florida and uh, a lot of these neighborhoods, because there's so many inlets and swamps and ponds and, and areas like that, that a block away, like if a house is on the block behind you, mm-hmm. it still takes 20 to 30 minutes to drive to it, because you have to cut all around the inlets, right. so so there's still there's still a distance. I believe. Uh, let's see. A source says, "quote You could literally swim from Giselle's place to Tom's. Not that they would, but both but homes, you could. Both homes will include a dock, so it will be very easy for them to co-parent their children while living so close to each other. So, are you going to ferry your kids back yeah, and forth I love on that a boat? Idea. That's, that's, uh, let's see here. It's a five bedroom." 6,600 square feet, seven baths, uh, large outdoor pool, home theater, office, gym, playroom, eat-in kitchen, um, waterfront, 25-foot ceilings, numerous terraces. Here, I'll show you the uh, the picture of the property there, CJ. Is that? I'm not saying that that's not a nice uh, property. Is that an $11 million mansion to you? Not really. Uh, yeah. Doesn't it, it looks look like, like an $11 million Austin mansion. <laughs> Do we have an $11 million Austin? I know the the real estate prices are out of control. Can you? Yeah, walk? we have ridiculous. We got $11 million houses here? Yeah, yeah. Really? There are ones worth more than that. Okay. Seems like a, $11 million is a lot, man. Hot there, take, $11 million is a lot of house, CJ. Uh, Why not, Miami? Not me. Does it seem weird that they chose Miami to, to settle in? I know they're both single <laughs> and, and, and rich. The, that's a place to be a single, rich, yeah. 40-something old person. Miami's fun. I've been there a couple of times, and I, I can confidently say it's a city that uh, is really cool, has a lot of good stuff and fun stuff to do, and a great vibe. Simultaneous while being a city that really sucks. Mm. Like if you hate douchery, Miami is oh. filled with it. Like it, just tryhards that couldn't even be a tryhard somewhere else. It, it's their place. I've only been in like seriously Miami proper one or two times 
Uh, I've taken several cruises out of there. That's how you know you're a fancy guy. Ooh. You fly to Miami to get on a cruise ship. Uh, but yeah, you're right. That's a very good point is that there's uh, it's very rich with culture. Uh, the Cuban uh, community there. Yeah. Art. Is, yeah. Um, it feels food. very authentic. But then also just go out on South Beach on a weekend night and you're like, oh, these are the worst D-bags that are Absolutely. that are, exist and on it, Earth. It's, it's on, and even with like just all the wealth there, you have a lot of old, retired real estate money in Miami. But you also have a lot of like kind of trashy new money. People like mm. maybe if you and I hit the lotto and started blending with That's the blue bloods, go. we wouldn't necessarily know how to behave properly. We, we'd we be like Kenny Powers, just jet yeah. skiing yeah. by Giselle's house, <laughs> topless. I absolutely, if I'm Tom, I would just get a jet ski and every night swing by. <laughs> with a different young lady. I like playing bed. football, okay? What's the big deal? I wonder if he could throw a football across that oh, creek. Oh, through the... No, it seems like a long way. I don't know. We'll it does. To, well, we'll map that out. what you got to do is, is find the same size of the map, go scroll over to a football field, cut that out, print them, and then... This seems like, a, this seems smart, like Nick CJ. work. <laughs> this is Nick work. He likes this kind of stuff. Uh, your I, uh, your yeah. producer and co-host Not, uh, of your show. I got, I got, we got to go here, but uh, I'm on the record, CJ. I'm not letting you off that easy. I say Texas wins 34-31. Okay. <laughs> okay. There you go. That's what you got for me? Yep. All right. Good. The bullpen, Brandon Patrick, will be in in just a moment. Jason CJ, we'll talk to you on Monday. Just two normal guys hanging out, having fun, right? Guy number two. Yeah, guy number one. E to the S to the P to the N is all I watch because I'm the man. If my team loses, I'll be mean all night. If you tell me to relax, we'll get in a fight. I like my friend. He's a real guy's guy. He's not a loud mouth like that old Steve.